Ladies and gentlemen, that's right. It's another brand new episode of Posts and Pints, the perfect pairing of MLS banter and whatever the fuck is at the bottom of my cup today. We have plenty of MLS playoff round one action. Upsets, penalties, goalie confusion, me throwing my cell phone at the wall at 1130 at night because Portland doesn't know how to defend a lead. We got it all. And guys, it's the same crew as always. My name is Matt. We have Dre, Kyle, Alex behind the scenes. But there's way too much MLS action for just us to handle. That's right, boys and girls. We're going to get a little wild on this episode. See, oh, playing it by names and stuff like that. We have our boy Blake from the MLS Gone Wild podcast to have us break every game down one by one. Blake, welcome to Posts and Pints. Boys of Posts and Pints, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And like you said, I'm from MLS Gone Wild. I'm the host. And you're damn right. The MLS Gone, it went wild. In the round I mean, one it, of the Audi, of the Audi talking, 2020 it's, playoffs. It's, 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 you know, like MTV, two in the morning, all the commercials are showing some college girls. It went I that wild. I was just going to say that. I was literally <laughs> just going to say it's two o'clock in your morning. Your parents already went to bed. You're watching Comedy Central and the girl's gone wild. <laughs> Commercial comes on and you have to turn the volume down real quick because you don't want your parents to <laughs> Wait, hear you, that you're you, listening to. You turn the volume down? Dude, I would turn okay, the volume you know, up and my dad would come running in the room was, like, let's fucking go. I was just going to say, Alex, we don't all have cool parents like you, okay? That's <laughs> true. <laughs> but guys, unfortunately, today is Monday. What day is it? I don't even know. The it's 25th Monday? of November. 25th. It's, it's Wednesday oh, the 25th. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not Monday. Oh, I'm sorry. We're used the to day recording Turkey on Mondays. Day. Don't you dare tell me it's fucking Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go home. That's right. This is the worst trade deal in the history of trade deals. Today is November 25th, and before we get into the MLS action, unfortunately today some news struck the soccer world, and it's kind of put the entire world on pause. Diego Maradona passed away today at the age of 60, and I don't need to be the one to tell you that Diego Maradona damn near changed the entire face of the sport that we all love, watch, support. They say the hand of God. I would say correct, because that man was a god amongst men in this entire universe that we live in, in the entire universe that we all love and appreciate. And you see now all over social media, different sports athletes, players from all different types of sports coming out and just saying how wonderful of a soul and what a good person this man was. And and you see you know, an entire country of Argentina in complete mourning today over what basically is a God passing among us. I don't, I'll open the floor to anyone who may want to say anything, but I, I, the world lost a legend today and it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been tough. It's the same thing that happened with Kobe where I just, you know, you see the first reports and you see the group chats blow up and you kind of just like, fuck man, I hope this is a fucking lie. But I, I open the floor to anyone who might want to say anything. But overall, I mean, the world lost a legend today. Yeah, 2020 is a fucked up year, boys. And just like you just said, Matt, just like we lost Kobe, um, Diego Maradona is a huge loss, not only to the soccer world, but the soccer culture um, across the entire globe. So we lost a great one today. I know that he you know, made some mistakes, but you know, he was human. And we're all human. We need to remember that. So rest in peace to Diego Maradona. I hope Argentina 
um, and the people of Argentina are able to uh, heal from this and, and move on. Yeah, all I have to say is that, you know, Diego Maradona, he's one of those guys, one of those players, but also one of those larger-than-life personalities that unequivocally, you know, made so many people into fans and and definitely got more eyes on the game, for sure. He's up there with the greats, you know, the greatest of the greats with the Pele's and Maradona's. Everyone kind of makes comparisons to those guys. So he, he is kind of the the measuring stick um, in, in, in the football world. So, you know, rest in peace, Diego Maradona. I'm telling you right now, someone put Betty White in bubble wrap in a padded room. Because if she goes in 2020, that's it. It's over. It, that That's it. It's done. I don't want to live anymore. I just, oh, I swear to God. I swear to God. But 2020, boys. We only got a month left of it. Although I'm calling it now, though. Argentina is going to win the World Cup now. You mean that's you mean it. the United States isn't going to win the 2022 <laughs> World Cup? Matt, that's not going to happen. What? No, but we will in 2026. <laughs> what else would they find to blame on Leo Messi if they won? No. Lionel Messi is going to get every goal. Every goal is going to go in. That's it. I'm calling it now. Guys, we have beer to talk about or drinks, alcoholic beverages. Now, Alex, I'm going to have you start this one. What is in your cup this evening, Mr. Rivera? Today I'm drinking uh, one of my friend Matt Sai's favorite drinks of them all. A mango white claw. Keeping it classy, girls. Keeping it classy. They're under they're they're, they're underrated. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a reason they come in individual. Underrated and I have a fridge full of them. They don't need a variety pack to be special. Kyle, I hand this off to you now. I see a non alcoholic beverage in your hand. Yeah, I'm drinking Sprite because I didn't have time to do anything because I got home, sat down, and here I am. <laughs> Kyle is a, a man on a mission, and damn if he's going to let anyone stand in his way. Blake, as our guest, you seemed extremely excited that you got to bring an alcoholic beverage. You even flashed a little on the Twitter about what you're drinking, but I'm interested to know because I had no idea what that image was. <laughs> Please tell me. So, boys, I'm originally from Columbus, Ohio. So, first, I'll show off my glass. My beloved hey. Columbus Crew SC, who just nice. took down your boys from New York Red Bulls. Uh, but what is actually in my glass? So, I said I'm from Columbus, Ohio, but I currently live in Chesapeake, Virginia. This beer is a craft beer, an IPA out of Norfolk, Virginia, O'Connor Brewing Company. It's called El Guapo, and their slogan is handsome beer for handsome people. And I think I fit that description pretty well. <laughs> The confidence is key. The confidence (laughs) is key. Dre, before I go, what are you drinking today? So now that um, I am back at my fiance's house recording on a Wednesday instead of Monday, I am finally have access to my bar. So I made myself an old fashioned once again. So bringing that back and not like, not like Alex's old fashioned out of a, out of a can or whatever the hell he gets before. Hey, hey, why are you knocking on Knob Creek, man? They make a decent, and it's out of a glass apothecary. Can you say that? Apothecary? Do you know what that Listen, is? Listen, until can you, you say that word. They make no, something I'm that's drinkable. It's, How dare you? How until, dare you? It's got alcohol in it. Next time I see you, you better have one of those for me so I can actually stop shitting on it in case it's actually decent. Next time I see you, I'm going to make you drink one, then we're going to fucking square up. There you go. I'm about it. 
right, so all we're going to do is just you're each going to drink a Four loco. You're going to walk to opposite <laughs> sides of the yard. You're going to finish your Four loco. Then you're going to take off your shirts, <laughs> and I'm going to record it and just read World's Garden. World I promise you after episode 40, there will be no more fucking theme episodes. I am not letting you choose what I drink again. Yo, episode, yo, bro, can't wait for episode 80. We each got it down, uh, um, uh, Mad Dog 2020, and and a 40 ounce oh. in the same episode. You think I'm still going to be on oh, this God. podcast that long? <laughs> Kyle Kyle's going to quit then. it. Kyle's going to quit on episode 79 in preparation with the fact that it's like, nah, fuck that shit. I ain't touching that shit with a fuck. <clears throat> I've had enough 2020 for one lifetime. To wrap it up. Took a trip to my favorite brewing company, Wet Ticket Brewing Company. Uh, picked up. They just released. They they always release this around this time of the year. Uh, the Imperial Oatmeal Stout, and I actually enjoy theirs. I wouldn't say I enjoy theirs. I just appreciate the fact that they don't do any of their beers with milk sugar. And for someone who's lactose intolerant, that's pretty fucking key. A lot of other stouts that come out there, they all mix everything with milk sugar and. You know, I appreciate Wet Ticket for, you know, thinking of my IBS when I'm enjoying my alcoholic beverages. Just t- just tolerate it. That's uh, funny. I think um, about you pooping when I enjoy my alcoholic beverages, too. <laughs> God bless you. Weird how that guys, works. Guys, we had MLS action. The first round of the playoffs is done and dusted. But guys, we had some playing rounds to get through. And boys, we are going to start with the two expansion sides. Yes, that's right, boys and girls. Nashville FC Soccer Club SC from Nashville took on Inter Miami, David Beckham FC, Golden Boy FC. I'm going to curl it in from 32 yards out and not win a World Cup FC. Guys, no Higuain, no Gonzalo Perez. Dax McCarty made Matuidi look like his bitch. I'm not going to say anything else with this 3-0 scoreline. Blake, I'm going to have you start this. Any yeah. any words whatsoever you want to bring on this? I mean, I just want to cement the fact that the ginger ninja Dax McCarty made a World Cup winner look like an Academy product. Yeah, he's made Matuidi and last night Michael Bradley look like an Academy player. Um, but I Michael, do want to touch Michael on Brad, Michael Bradley is an Academy player. <laughs> I do just want to touch on the Dax McCarty goal. You know, you don't see Dax score too many goals. You just see him kind of be the midfield general, but you know, it was a nice goal, but Miami's defense was terrible. He picked the ball up at midfield and literally dribbled in a straight line. Nobody ever put pressure on him. Taylor Twelman touched on it in his halftime analysis that blaze Matweedy was literally jogging back to track Dax McCarty. Miami didn't look hungry to win this game. I'm honestly shocked and surprised that they slipped into the playoffs. I predicted that Miami would have a better season than Nashville, and I look like a dumbass, but David Beckham and Miami need to go out and spend some money because some of the acquisitions that they made, Higuain, um, I, he only scored, I think, one goal since he's come into the MLS. Matuidi hasn't made that big of an impact, although he isn't on a DP deal. I guess they it sucks when you don't have Ronaldo to fall back on, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but props to Nashville, man. The spine of that team with Dax McCarty, um, you, you can, you uh, Walker just, Zimmerman, all those guys. Yeah, they're, can, they're incredible. You, you can just say Alex Mwil is the heart and soul of that entire franchise. Oh, that's, no, that's, 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 that's a that's, we are wheel of fortune. I pick it up now. 
This yeah, I was going to say, Dre, go ahead. Dre, go ahead. So, this this game was easily, like, like hey, just before I even get into this game specifically, anyone who shits in the MLS can go fuck themselves right now because this playoff, the first round and the playing round, has been some of the most exciting football I've seen all year. And I watched Champions League, and I, and I had Bayern Munich win in treble, and this is some of the most exciting football I've watched. And Are you telling me Burnley versus West Ham on a wet Tuesday night isn't the most exciting football you've ever seen? Not when I have to pay Boring. 50 for it. <laughs> but we had, we had some exciting football out of Nashville. And like everyone's already touched on before, I'm not going to go too much into it, but Dax McCarty, the ginger ninja, just paced right by a World Cup winning player and scored a beautiful goal. But what I want to talk about is how Alex Mwil had... A, honestly, didn't even know it was going to happen, but he, Alex, yeah, he had literally a, like, a back heel kick that somehow led to an assist on a beautiful, beautiful goal. So that was just probably unintentional, but still very majestic and awesome. So shout out to the entire team. I mean, they, they played like a team that is not an expansion team. They played like a team that's been there before, has done it before, and they're obviously very hungry, and, and I think they're maybe punching above their weight, but, I mean, that team has experienced players. So, you know, that may not even be fair. They're just good right now, and they're showing it. Kyle, before we transition into the next game, I'm going to drop a bomb question on you, and just you, because I want to hear your humor when I ask this question. I'm uh, Kyle, I have faith in you knocking this out of the park. At least somebody does. Is Nashville the greatest expansion team in their first year, Atlanta didn't get this far in their first year. Seattle, I don't believe, got this far in this year. I mean, you look at some of the expansion teams in recent years. You, I haven't seen an expansion team with this amount of core energy ever. So I, I ask you the question, could this Nashville team be the best expansion team year one? I mean, your goal, when your goalie is the second goal second best goalie in the league next to the guy that actually is the best goalie in the league and won the award for it. When you don't trade Dax McCarthy like fucking retards, when you have a guy in your back line and don't send him down to USL and let him score three assists and six goals. I don't know. Maybe it just works out when you make intelligent decisions. I was about to say, can we talk about how Nashville low key did literally everything brought in, Awesome DP forwards brought in a hustle athlete like Alex Mwil, brought in a captain like Dax McCarty, brought in the best defender in the league in Walker Zimmerman. Like that was low key. Like there wasn't enough energy being talked about the fact that Walker Zimmerman went from LAFC to Nashville. No one was talking about that. The fact that this all happened in one off season David Beckham can stick all the fucking money up his ass he wants. Before we move on, I just before we move on, I do just want to add this game right here. Pretty much why I've been against expanding the playoffs this year to start with. When you have a team that was seven thirteen and three making a playoff berth, that's a fucking issue. It's like in the NFL, you're gonna have a team that's three and seven host a playoff game. There, there's no reason for that. I love the NFC least. Guys, <laughs> we had another play-in game that evening, and that game happened to be a game that literally went down to the last kick of the game. 
And unfortunately, I was the only one on this podcast who chose Montreal to win the game. And I sat there and I was like, oh, my God, this is great soccer. But then at the exact same time, I'm like, fuck. Everyone else just got a fucking point out of this game. God fucking damn it. Never going against New England again. Guys, New England 2, Montreal, and Thierry Henry 1. Kyle, New England good or Montreal bad? New England, very good. That being said, you do have to give Montreal credit for fighting that hard when you were shorthanded with injuries. Um, Moving on to New England, this game to me was just a case of uh, Carlos Gill and Gustavo Bau proving that if you're talking about the best offensive combo in the league and their names aren't in your mouth, you're fucking up. We had this conversation with Blake. So first of all, Another amazing reason why I love doing podcasting, I get to have amazing conversations with other people who are watching the same sport as me. It's fucking awesome. So many people, including Blake, are sitting here like, yo, way too many people are sleeping on that New England front line, dude. They are absolutely incredible, and they're not one to sleep on. Blake, I hand this off to you. I mean, you're looking at the current form of this New England side. They have to be one of the top teams still in the playoffs, correct? Yeah, the East is completely shaken up with the one and two seeds out. Toronto and Philly gone. If I'm Orlando, I don't want to see uh, New England New England right now. Gustavo, Bo, Carlos Hill, uh, we forgot to mention. Buxa up top as well. Their three DPs are all attackers. And Carlos Hill, I think, is an underlooked player within the MLS and not talked about with some of the other elite number 10s uh, in the league. And I definitely think he, I think he fits that mold and he deserves to be in that category. And through two MLS playoff games, he's proven that, you know, he deserves to, you know, be involved in that conversation. He was the 2019 newcomer of the year. He looks amazing. And Gustavo Bo, I absolutely love his confidence. He'll pull the trigger from anywhere. And he's shown that through these past two games, you know, we get so caught up in the regular season where we're, trying to watch every game but you guys are only watching red bull i can only watch crew like we got a lot of stuff going on but i know through mls is back i watched every game and since the ter- since this tournament the playoffs has started i've watched every single game so i'm continuing to get more exposed and this carlos hill and gustavo bow combination is lethal and then you add guys um teal bunbury out wide buxa like i just said and then they have a couple guys in the midfield scotty caldwell and I forget the other guy's name, uh, Matt really, Polster. Matt I'm Polster. Really, that I'm really partial on Tejon Buchanan too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, he looked gr- great yesterday with that that second goal for them. I was actually Dre. I was just about to leave this off to you. So two things: you are someone who absolutely loves a young Canadian prospect. Let's just say you you basically yeah. drink maple <laughs> syrup. You drink maple syrup in your free time. Talk to me about this kid. Are we looking at another incredible player coming out of Canada? I I think we really do. And A, I encourage everyone to join our Discord because we have some great conversations conversations on here. And this is one conversation we had the other day. Tejon Buchanan out of New England is easily one of their like shining young stars, has been getting more and more starting time and playing time recently. And he is just amazing as like a, a like a wing back player. He's done great things, and you know we'll get to a game later on where he actually contributed in, in the playoffs as a very young player. But you take him, and you take you know Alfonso Davies from from Bayern, you, and you take uh, Jonathan David from uh, Lille in France. That's that's Canada's 
team right there. Canada, the next couple of years, if, if they start playing those players, gone are the days where Canada's the worst team in CONCACAF. You know, it's, they're, they're going to be competing if they get those three guys, very young players, in their squad. So Tejon Buchanan has a great career ahead of him. Um, he's contributing to New England this year. Whether he'll be there for a long time, I don't know. Um, if he continues at this pace, you can definitely see him moving on through the ranks over to Europe or somewhere else. Definitely keep your eye on him because he is he's going to blow up. Yeah, it seems like we're starting a trend that we're selling a lot of right backs right now. Yeah. <laughs> guys, I, 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 you guys, I have nothing to argue with, but you know what really encourages me from this game? And again, my heart broke. My phone ended up in the wall. I have a wall to respackle before Thanksgiving <laughs> tomorrow. What breaks my heart is Montreal. This is a team that, again, no one really gives a shit about or gives a shot about. And Terry Henry has been written off as being anywhere decent of a coach from his stint in Monaco. But you know what? This was massively encouraging for me, for someone who wants to see Terry Henry succeed. This is a team that about a month and a half ago was, you couldn't even imagine this team in the playoffs. And the fact that they gave New England an absolute hell of a game they gave everything they possibly could have. It broke my heart seeing the goal go in, but at the same time, one hell of a game. Now, guys, we are going to go on to what has been called the shit show of shit shows. Shit show on turf, shit show on grass, the Everglade of shitholes. Orlando played against NYCFC. Forget your 90 minutes. Forget your extra time. Two goals were scored. 1-1, we're going to penalties. I'm going to break this nice and down for you kids real quick. I'm cracking my knuckles. I'm cracking my spine because I almost hit Dre explaining this to him in person because he just. I literally show up at his house. He opens the door. No hi, no hello. He's like, let me fucking tell you what just happened. (laughs) (laughs) And guys, that's literally how it went. We had the shit show shit shows we're not going to get much into it not much to break down with this game a game so nice city lost twice we go to penalties where the goalie from orlando jumps off of his line a hair too quickly who is already on a yellow which precedes him to get his second yellow but orlando has a sub on the bench so oh this is good i'm going to bring in the backup goalie this is all fine and dandy wait a minute There's an MLS rule that says, no, you can't do that. The subs need to be done before PKs start. So then they send the goalie off, and here comes on defender. I'm going to mispronounce his name. If someone knows his name, you're more than welcome to say it. I'm going to mispronounce it because I'm just not good at names. I just want to hear you try and pronounce it. I'm not going to say it. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) You can all have your your fun because they – Schlegel. Schlegel. Rodrigo Schlegel. Schlegel. Oh, I get close. That was pretty good. That was close. Comes on on as a defender, puts on the goalie gloves. Orlando's exact quote was, we gave him the gloves and prayed. And we're going to put the video on our show notes because it's hard for me to explain it. This dude comes on as a defender and saves a penalty kick in the playoffs to get his team into the next round. Holy fucking shit. The one question I have for the group is, you're a professional soccer player who just got a PK saved by a defender. Do you just retire? I wish the entirety of NYCFC retired after that. Go home in shame, but that's just me. 
Yeah, I'd Blake, hate to be got, the guy. Yeah. I, I would yeah, hate I was, to be the guy that missed that. Schlegel didn't look good saving it. I mean, he guessed the right way. It was it was so awkward. But, I mean, that game was three hours long. I was waiting for it to end because the crew were coming on right after. But you hate to be the guy that misses that. Yeah, you probably should retire. And you definitely won't be in the next PK lineup. I just... I, it easily was one of the most dramatic games that I've seen in a, in a hot minute. It's got everything you want. It's got extra time, penalties, drama with the goal, like everything. It's got everything. That was an entertaining game as a neutral. I was almost waiting for cast. I was almost waiting for Castellanos to miss that first PK back after like that 15 minute stoppage of play when Schlegel <laughs> came back in, but he just kind of passed it into the back of the net. <laughs> Exactly what I said. I'm sitting here and my wife's walking by and I, and my wife slowly is learning like American football, soccer. She, she wasn't one for sports when we first started and I'm a failed husband for being with her for five years and she's still trying to learn stuff. But I'm basically like, this guy is getting iced. Like Castellanos is getting iced right now because he's been sitting here now for 15 minutes ready to kick this penalty kick and he's overthinking everything. He's like, do I go left? Do I go right? Do I go left? Imagine doing that for 15 minutes while absolute hell and chaos. My what's pissing me off is going to be a little bit more into this, but we will continue. Dre, you're going to put that entire video in the show notes because we're not doing the breakdown of the absolute fuckery, which was the end of the Orlando versus NYCFC game justice. Blake, you mentioned Columbus versus Red Bull. The Columbus crew defeated the New York Red Bull 3-2 to two and was actually a very thrilling game, a game that didn't have too much back and forth. Now, Kyle, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this one with you. From a Red Bull perspective, are there any positives to take away from this besides the fact that Caden Clark might be the only good player left on this team? You know... He smiled. He smiled. There is such a good rant coming. There is such a good rant coming. Actually, it, it's the opposite of what you think. Normally, this would be the part where I chug a bottle of vodka or something and then go on this long-winded rant about how fuck the Red Bulls, all this shit. I'm not going to do that this time. I did my drinking and crying already. I got it out over with. Look, the one thing I might say is uh, if you didn't watch NTN Jr. in this game and look at Dennis Hamlet and be like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, that's what I did. I don't know how you're not thinking the same thing. But um, it's curious oh, that I, you know Alex Muil assist Ginger Ninja goal. Jerry yeah, it's Benke almost like assist. Red Bull players are leaving, no, going elsewhere, and doing good. It's a revenge Awkward. tour. That's all it is. That's 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 literally all it is. It's a revenge tour. All Derek, dude, Derek, you, I would have put money. Derek Ntn got on the score line in some way, shape, and form in this game. But Kyle. I'm going to follow this back up with you. You're, you you are my Red Bull guy in all the storm, the hate, and the shit. What's the positive from the Red Bull out of this game? Like, honestly, out of this game and out of pretty much the whole year, you have Kyle Duncan, Florian Velo, Caden Clark, Jared Stroud really becoming not only good players, but like key important players that are going to get starts. You have youth coming up that doesn't all look like Tommy Barlow. You have um, maybe the hopes that Sean Davis will break both his legs or something. Okay, sorry. I, th I said no negatives. Ooh, ooh, My ooh. fault. 
Ooh. I said no negatives. Uh, just, a friendly just a friendly reminder that Post and Pints does not condone any injuries or Kyle waiting outside of Red Bull Arena for, Kyle, uh, for uh, Sean Davis. Blake, the fact that they look that oh, dangerous okay. at the end really just is what gave me all the positivity. Like, Struber clearly came in in his first game and had knowledge of the team already. We know he knows the system. He worked for Salzburg, and I think if he can do that in one game and just have them look like that in the last couple minutes, like they had a shot at winning it, I think that it's going to be a good next couple years. Blake, being our current resident crew fan, as you are a massive fan of, I mean, this this seemed pretty cut and dry for the crew. It was your game to lose. The Red Bull played it right into your hands. Derek Entian's on a revenge tour. Tell me, from, from the Columbus crew point of view, for our listeners who are crew fans or might want to listen about the crew, what positives about this game encourage you as a crew fan that like, hey, we're going to make a playoff run here? I did not like the fact that we gave up two goals and especially the late goal late in the game. It started to get a little bit nervy as a crew fan. We've seen games slip away in the past couple of years. Um, we actually saw the supporter shield kind of slip out of arm's reach this year, but you guys have been talking about Derek Etienne jr. He was a, it was a bright spot. Luis Diaz jr. Just came back from international duty. He would some, he, they, him and Etienne flip flop starting and coming off the bench and Luis Diaz usually does bring a spark off the bench, but Derek Etienne Jr. played a hell of a game. And if you look at the stats of that game, a lot of the crew's action, Caleb Porter loves to play down that right side. Harrison Offull and Derek Etienne Jr. were the most involved players on the team. And Derek Etienne Jr. Uh, reaped the benefits of touching the ball so many times with that assist on the crew's third goal to Giassi Zardes, who I have no idea how the hell he looped that header in back stick, but good on Giassi for scoring that goal. But like I said, I didn't like the but fact that we that we gave. Yeah, I don't like the fact that we gave up those two goals. But what I do like is our big players are showing up. Darlington Nagby gets a goal. Pedro Santos scores in the PK spot. Giassi Zardes scores a goal. Uh, we we have a number of guys in our attack and midfield that can put the ball in the back of the net. And our midfield is one of the best midfields with Nagby, Artur, and Zellerion. That's at least in the Eastern Conference and possibly in the MLS. So. The crew looked really good to me. I always, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I'm always on edge when I'm watching Arsenal. I've, like I said, I've seen the crew. I've seen leads and games and trophies slip away from the crew in the past five, seven years. So I'm just what's really an Arsenal happen this year? I don't. It's a good question. I don't. It's I think I put it out of my mind. I don't even know what the prem is right now. Yeah, they're like the eleventh or twelfth place team in the in the prem. But it felt good. It felt good to be a crew fan that game. I look forward to, I believe it's Sunday when we face off against Nashville. And before, and before we, we transition on, I just like, I just, I do want to give a shout out to Darlington Nagby. He always finds himself on winning teams. And I'm having the best name in like the MLS. Fault, like, but I mean, that is true. I think Darlington Nagby behind Alex Mwil is the second best name in the league. <laughs> Alex Mwil, come back. Now, guys, we go on to Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Two really good games and one that, thank God it wasn't the 11 o'clock game, otherwise you would have passed right the fuck out watching. We're talking about Minnesota versus Colorado. We're not going to talk much about this game. Minnesota showed up. Colorado was getting Rocky Mountain high probably in the locker room and decided that, hey, 
we forgot an MLS playoff game was on today. But really, when you look at, at it, Molino came to play. Two goals, really not much to talk about. Does anyone from this, anyone want to say anything brief about this game before we... Oh, and Kyle has his hand raised. This is going to be another rant about me thinking the MLS is retarded, and I apologize in advance for beating a dead horse by now. You watch this game, and I don't care about who played what and the whole points-per-game shit. That was all fucking bullshit. If anybody thought Colorado missing that many games and they belonged in this fucking tournament, there you go. Yeah. Congratulations, you got invited to the party. What does Matt like to say a lot? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes? That's Dre. So technically, that's Dre's line. I just happen to use it more than him. Got it. Like, Dre's the one who created the line. I'm the one who made and bought a t-shirt, and I wear it. And, like, people (laughs) think it's mine, but it's not mine. I just say it so many times that people think it's me. Blake, what did you have to say? Shit, I almost forgot. Uh, oh, Colorado. They, I mean, yeah, despite them being out for a month, they did come into the MLS playoffs with three big wins in a row. They beat defending MLS Cup champions Seattle. They beat defending MLS's back tournament champions uh, Portland, and they beat a really shitty Houston Dynamo team. And I'm now a Cole Bassett and re- just secondary Colorado fan because we interviewed Cole, but they're a really young team. They look to bounce back next year, but we talked about dynamic duos earlier when we talked about new England with Carlos Hill and Gustavo Bo, but Emmanuel Reynoso and hot boy, Kevin Molino. That's a tandem right there, fellas. I don't want to see them if I'm supporting Kansas city. I'm telling you right now. I mean, we're going to dive right now into sporting Kansas city, but yeah, you are 100% correct. So if you didn't watch the games, Blake just ruined it for you. Yes, that's correct, boys and girls. Sporting Kansas City beat San Jose through penalties. But Dre. Wait, 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 hold on. Did did you just say they beat them in penalties? Sorry, no matter how many times I hear this uh, San Jose making it to PKs against Sporting, it just, it's not clicking. Three, three. At the end of regular time, a goal in extra time for Kansas City, and they think they're going to take it. But, Dre, there's this guy on San Jose. His name is Chris Mondolowski, and he's, like, super good at putting balls in the net from the six-yard line, and he put it in. And it was like, oh, my God, Becky, look at that header. I'm sorry, Dude. that was, that was, I, I'm a little too good at that, and I promise I'm married to a woman, and please don't put my DM. Um, Bro, you, you need to absolutely, I'm you, crying. you need to clip that and post it to social media, and that shit's going viral. That's fine. You That's need fine. to show Alex, it to his Alex, wife. Like, what the and then we get to penalties, boys and girls. That's not at all. There's this guy. We posted it up on our Twitter. His new name Forget about Manuel Neuer. Forget about Alisson. Oh, nay, nay. Do not forget, forget about Forget about every goal you've ever thought of in your entire life. There's this guy on Kansas City. His name is Tim motherfucking brick-ass wall Melia. He by himself beat San Jose. Three straight saves and penalties. Dre, I'm going to hand this off to you. Are, should we be more scared with the fact that Kansas City had the most difficult time beating the number eight seed 
Or all should that, we more be given? All that comes to mind to me is, are you not entertained? <laughs> are you not entertained? Two 90th minute goals. This game was 2-2 in the 90th minute, ends 3-3, which right there is just like, God damn, can someone hold the lead for 30 seconds? After all of that, it, it, also you have to give a shout to Wondolowski trying to get to that number, was it 200 goals? He's if trying Wan- to get if there. Wanda, if Wondolowski retires, I'm I'm burning it. He all said he I'm said he burning. he said he wants to do one more year, but he's itching inching closer to that 200 goal spot. I swear to, and I, I, what I, I a way to do it than to you know help San Jose at least get an extra half hour closer to an MLS Cup. At the end of the day, you know it does end the three three and the penalties. Like Matt said, man, it's I think the only time that I recall that a goalie has had a shutout and a penalty shootout, which is just wild to even think about. So, Tim Melia, you're, you're, you're doing good things. I literally just, I think to myself, like, I was watching this game, and it blew my fucking mind watching three straight saves in a penalty. I've seen goalies make multiple saves in penalties, but never back to back to back. A shutout. He that literally had a shutout of, that, in penalties. That might be the best goal-tending performance I've ever seen in my entire life. And I get it. He gave up three goals to get to that spot. But holy fucking shit. Not only did he guess right every time, he beat the ball to the spot. Like, it wasn't like, oh, he got, like, a little fingertip to it. Oh, it just saved it. Oh, it hit his hand and then hit the post. This guy made three comfortable saves in a penalty. And it's not like they were easy penalties. These were hard penalties. So, I mean, Blake, I'm going to hand this off to you, though. We got to give some credit to San Jose. They put up the fight in this game. Yeah, man, this is the same San Jose San Jose team that lost to LAFC earlier this year, 5-1. They lost to Seattle, 7-1. They lost to Portland, 6-1. They lost to Colorado, 5-0. And somehow they sneak into the playoffs and they take the number one seed, the distance, literally to penalty kicks. And shout out to Tim Melia. Uh, it was an amazing goal-tending performance to watch. One thing that we didn't talk about, Gianluca Abusio, goal and an assist. The deep-lying playmaker looked really, really good in this game. He thought he had the game winner in the 91st minute, but of course, the fucking legend, Wando, had to come and spoil things. But on that goal from Gianluca Abusio, something that a lot of people are talking about is Kyrie Shelton's back heel layoff that he had. And to me, that was one of the most impressive plays I've seen so far in this MLS Cup playoffs. Right on par with Alex Mule's assist right there, <laughs> even though it was I'm an su- accident. I'm really surprised, you know, John Luis Abusio, he hasn't been one of those players targeted. Kyle has been talking about this guy nonstop for the past few years. And I feel like this is just another, you know, it's just a matter of time before Europe starts knocking on the door. As we transition from that hell of a game. Hey, Kyle, guess what? What? Guess what happened? Um, do, do I want to know? I'm scared. I'm just going to tell you anyway because it's going to make me feel really pissed off about it. Okay. Portland blew another late lead. Portland doesn't know how to defend after 85 minutes, okay? Taxes, death, <laughs> Portland giving up goals late in games. That's it. It's guaranteed. I don't think I've ever been more mad about a team I don't support. 
Like, forget the fact that we all we all chose Portland in this game, and that's all fine and fucking dandy. Forget about your overtime. Forget about. By the way, final was one one. Dallas won on penalties. But before we break this down, I'm gonna have a little bit of a rant. Portland, the fuck it is you doing? Like, uh, just defending's not a thing. Kyle, defending's not a thing. Am I? I wish I could just do eighty five percent of my job. Don't you wish you could do 85% of your job, still walk away, get a paycheck, have a smoking hot wife at home waiting for you? I feel like it'd be great. I mean, it could be worse. Portland could just be Miami. Rather lose just outright. See, see, the thing is, with Miami, they know it's coming. With Portland, you got that that hope thing going. You got the expectations going. Miami had no expectations. So what you're saying is that's so metro. I'd rather lose... I'd rather lose six nothing than one one in penalties. Also, Put it on the Euro, wall. Don't give a shit. For, for you Euro snobs that are listening, if you haven't kept up, this is the third game in the playoffs to go to overtime and penalties. And but penalties are stupid. But playoffs are stupid. Fuck off. Blake, there isn't much too too much to add with this game besides <laughs> everything that I just broke down. Portland had a lead. Portland blew a lead. Went to a very boring overtime. Both played for playoffs. Villafania, what type of PK was that, right? Yeah, Villafania was actually the same player that missed the PK in 2015 in the double post yep. game in the playoffs. But you're saying Portland can't hold a lead and they couldn't hold a lead to a 17-year-old. He's the Ricardo Pepe is the third youngest player to score and the MLS Cup playoffs, and it was a simple ball over top. I believe Tanner Tessman just knocked it up over the top, and he basically did a one-two with the with the post back to himself and finished. But I think one thing that's important to mention about Portland is that they were missing Sebastian Blanco and their striker, Niesgada, and um, Abobasi got subbed on in the 88th minute. He was just coming back from injury, so they were losing three of their best attackers. And shit, they almost won the game at the death with Diego Valeri his little shot cross that went off the post. You expect more from Portland. I know people are discounting the MLS's back tournament, but they looked great in that tournament. They looked like the most prepared team. I'm guilty. I picked Portland to go all the way to the final. I actually predicted these playoffs to be the exact same, basically, as MLS is back, Orlando versus Portland. And I look like a dumbass, burn my bracket, throw it in the trash. I don't care. I'm here for the upsets other than the crew. But disappointed for Portland, rooting for FC Dallas. I... I think Lucci has a very disciplined team. And I think throughout the year, they've um, started to understand their roles more and their young players have started to understand their roles and have grown into them as well. So FC Dallas, they played Seattle last year and lost in the first round, but we'll see what we get this year. And, and, and like yeah, Greg I, mentioned, 17 year old Pepe comes on like Dallas. If they're known for one thing, it's a goddamn academy. Um, I'll tell you that right now. And Pepe's on for five minutes when he scores the game that puts his team into overtime. All that aside, this this shootout in and of itself was the probably the most ex- exciting part of the game. If you missed the first 80 minutes of the game, doesn't matter. If you watched the last 30 or 40, that's where the fun was. This is the third longest MLS, uh, shootout and a uh, penalty shootout in MLS history. And it was exciting. I, I literally didn't know who was going to make it, who was going to miss, because it got so deep, and um, it, it, it was just a really exciting game as a neutral. Yeah, just real quick, I did fall asleep, like, at the very end of that game, 
and woke up to Taylor Twelman screaming at me when Pepe scored that goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I feel uh, like I was like I I I remember the free kick from the defender from Philadelphia way earlier in the year with oh, the yeah. against LAFC. I woke up to that. I fell asleep for five minutes and just said, Oh my god, are you serious? I'm like, what? What happened? What? Huh? <laughs> Kyle, you've been raising your hand patiently for like five minutes now. Go ahead, my man. But as Mr. Pepe scored that goal, I just want to point out that is the second teenager this season to score a stoppage time goal. The other one is Christian Torres of LAFC. And what that says to me about Portland's defense and their ability to defend late in the game, they're just as good as letting young kids into their personal space as Michael Jackson. I fucking knew that joke was coming. I knew that fucking joke was coming, and I had no way of stopping it. I felt like I felt like Portland's defense in the 90th minute. I'm like, I know it's coming, but I can't fucking stop it. Oh my god! I need an adult and a beer. That's it. We're we're moving on to the next game. Fuck you, Kyle. We're I need. How fucking dare you, guys? The, in- the Eastern Conference had those playing games, and now it's time for those teams to play the big boys. Nashville had to go up against Toronto FC. And guys, Dre, I'm going to have you break this down from the start because this was a game of Nashville being offside 42 times. And I don't even have to look up the stat because it literally felt can like you, they were offside I, 42 times. Can I, can I tell you a stat that I've never heard before in any other game and is wild? Mukhtar, Hani Mukhtar had a hat trick of offside goals. You can fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure he had a hat trick of offside goals. I'm talking three goals back of the net. Sorry, VAR says you're off. Bro, how frustrating must that be? Well, which one's and more shocking? That, well, which one's more shocking? That fact or the fact that Toronto had like 62% possession, but got outshot 21 to 10? It's... Let- they made, so they made the best of their chances, man. So if you haven't felt the way this conversation's going, I'm having a hor- I'm doing a horrible job keeping the ship. Nashville upsets Toronto at home in quotations because no one wants to play in Hartford, Connecticut. Blake, <laughs> Nashville was offsides about like 45 times, like I said, and it took all the way to the 108th minute. For Rios to finally score a goal off of a deflection and like was this not just the most exciting zero zero full ninety minutes you've ever watched? Yeah, I think one of the coolest things about it, Daniel Rios, like you said, he was with Nashville when they played in the USL and he, you know, when he was in the USL, he bounced back between Nashville and North Carolina SC and he scored thirty seven goals. But he played for Nashville when they were still in the USL. So he's been with them in that part of American soccer and now he's moved up. And he's probably scored the most important goal so far in Nashville SC history to knock out a team that's been in the MLS Cup championship three of the last four years and the team that finished second in the Supporter Shield race. So good on Daniel Rios. And more importantly, good on Nashville for just sticking around in that game, weathering this, a couple storms that Toronto uh, was was coming at them with and pulling out a dub. Before we transition on to the next game, because this game, even though being one nothing, was one hell of a game. Kyle, you and I have had this little debate going for the majority of the season. Is this not 
just a reaction of what happens when you play a team outside of Canada for Toronto? Like, it, it must be foreign <laughs> policy. Yeah, it sucks it couldn't be Vancouver for the 90th your, time. Like, I'm telling you right now, it's amazing that Toronto was oh high and mighty when they were only playing two smaller clubs in Canada. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like big. F- you can tell like they haven't been prepared for weeks. Because Michael Bradley's too busy spending all of his time waxing his dome. In. Well, the injuries tanked the last like what <laughs> four or five games in their season. Then they come out today and they just looked gassed and like they hadn't played in weeks. Just not you know what doesn't a good piss look. Me off? Hold on, we we save our what's pissing us off at the end of the season, the end of the episode. You know what's not pissing me off? The fact that the U.S. men's national team seems to have so much depth in like twenty year olds that now finally, for us American supporting fans, American soccer supporting fans, we can all come to the conclusion we're never gonna have to watch Michael Bradley in a U.S. men's national team jersey ever the fuck again. Thank that Christ. Say so that happy. now. Bruh. Say that now. No, <laughs> give it a this. month, Matt. Give it a month when Bradley's fucking starting again. Don't fuck we might, don't. we might see him in December camp just because Berhalter's going to bring in a lot of young kids, and they he might bring in Bradley just to be a, a to have that veteran presence. You better see, knock right, on wood guy, while you're out there, buddy. This guy watches USMNT. This guy watches USMNT, Matt. To quote, to to quote, to quote a very not wise man. Fake news. False lies propaganda. <laughs> Fake Clinton news. <laughs> Dre, the Philadelphia Union, the Supporter Shield winning team, gets to play their first home game at Subaru Park, where they are undefeated for very quite some time. But uh, a young Canadian teenager and a uh, former U.S. men's national coach had different plans, did they not? So this is something that's weird, right? Bruce Arena is like night and day based on who the fuck he's coaching, right? USMNT, literally, we hated him there. You know, it's arguable that he, you know, took the team years back with his lineup choices and, 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 you know, his player choices and all that shit. Can him, he goes over to New England and the last season and this season, he's like started a revival for this team. And is doing great things with them. So it's super fucking weird to, you know, see a team coached by Bruce Arena doing well. It's like, motherfucker, you couldn't do that with the with the national team? But yeah, more when it comes to this game. Matt said it before. You win the supporter shield, you don't win the you don't win the MLS Cup. It's like it's like in hockey. You lift do, do you lift the president's trophy or or, or whatever or the conference trophy and then lose the Stanley Cup? It's it's one that of those deals. Number, that was the number one thing trending on Twitter was, do we now have to start treating the supporter shield like the uh, conference trophy? Like, I'm not yeah. fucking touching it, bro. No, fuck yeah. you. I'm not doing it. So, but, I mean, I feel I feel bad for a lot of our Philadelphia buddies. You know, we got Adam Booth. We got a lot of the guys on here. You know, one of my personal friends is a, is a Philly fan, and you hate to see it, man. Um, you, don't, you don't have friends. Stop fucking lying. <laughs> fine. But eh. okay, I agree with that. It's not the way. One. I agree with that. It's not the way you really want to go out. Brendan Harrison has his last game being subbed off in the sixty-second minute. The only yeah. person, That's literally the only person that even looked Blake like they were clicking on the field was El Sino, and he got put in too late. Anthony Fontana was brought in too late to make a difference. Um, 
it got so bad for Philly. I think Matt Turner had two saves through, from like the 64th minute. Two saves and, and the one through the 64th minute. One thing I want to mention before we move on is, like I said, that young boy, Tejon Buchanan, doing his work. I'd like to get in on this conversation too, but I feel like this is like one of those situations where once shame on me, twice shame on you. If we have to get to a sixth fucking game, like if Bruce Arena really didn't have a reaction from this game, I would have been fucking shocked. I really would have. You can't beat a team six times in one season. You just can't. It's it's to beat a team five times in one season, which first of all shouldn't fucking happen. As Toronto the MLS for putting that together. Okay, well they, no. Oh well, no, we can only play the other Canadian teams. <sighs> Blake, I'm gonna hand this off to you before I start getting really mad over Don Garber and his twisted tea dreams. Yeah, like you just said, yeah. like you said, Bruce Arena and New England, they got this one right six times a charm, I suppose uh, Philly had beat them four times and there was a tie, I believe at the very beginning of the season, but Scotty Codwell and Matt Polster made it very difficult for the union's midfield to get going. And that's part of the reason why Brendan Aronson came out. They were covering every blade of grass in the midfield. And like we were touching on, on the curse, I have a number here. Uh, so people that have won the supporter shield, so only seven of the league's 25 supporter shield winners have gone on to win the MLS cup. But like you guys are saying, I don't like the, those. I don't like those odds, Cotton. Not great odds. But the thing that's bothering me most, as well, is the Brendan Aaronson thing. He wasn't playing great there. The Revs midfield was kind of locking him down. But one thing that was discouraging to me was some of the chants coming from, I think, the three thousand Union fans that were in the stadium. They were blaming the ref, you know, chanting how bad the ref was, and it wasn't the ref's fault, man. New England got it right. They came out and schooled your ass just because you are the supporter shield winners and you look like the best team all season. Don't blame it on the ref. Like you got outclassed. And I actually saw on Twitter today that fans were telling, I believe Brendan Aronson that he didn't deserve to be wearing that crest. And I think that is absolutely ridiculous. Just to piss off the Philly fans that were saying that it's fine. Cause you ain't going to be wearing that crest anymore. He's going to look real good with those red bulls on his chest. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's 64D chess. Goes to Salzburg. Jesse Marsh is like, he's a young boy. He'll send him over to Red Bulls for a season in New York, then bring him back to Salzburg. It's going to be great. I don't like that. That 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 idea physically hurts my face. No, literally, Blake and I were talking about it during the game. Dre just went full when, on when, Charlie in front Aronson, of the whiteboard. When, when Aronson, dude, when Aronson came off, we were both like, are, are, are you seeing this? Like, is my TV fucking broken? Yeah, it's uh, two things. Number one, the Philadelphia Union, you had an absolutely incredible season. Please don't be discouraged by this playoff loss. Congratulations on your supporter shield. Congratulations on your amazing trophies that you have won throughout this season. Adam Booth, I love you. Now going on to the final first round game, boys and girls. Unfortunately, this was not the game we thought we were going to get. I mean, I did choose Seattle while the rest of y'all chose LAFC. And Al, I don't blame Alex. Alex went in for the dope-ass jersey. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't looking at players. He wasn't looking at game plans. Alex was looking at jerseys. and Third time. That's the third time I've done that, and it's proven me right. I just want you to know that. <laughs> no, no. You have a system, Alex. I'm not blaming your system. You're doing a great job. System. You are... 
you are winning our picks challenge, which will be available on our social medias down the ah, fuck it. I'll say it later too. Who gives a shit? Seattle Sounders three, LAFC one. Blake, I'm gonna start this one off with you. Um Seattle looked way too comfortable. Way too comfortable in this game. Go Ladero, Jordan Morris, Raul Ruiz Diaz. That's all I gotta say. It's too much. Wait. That's all you have to say. That's like it, it. I was watching this game, and it was just like LAFC is supposed to be a powerhouse, and I get it. They didn't have Bay, they didn't have Rossi, they didn't have Rodriguez, but like Seattle just looked comfortable. Seattle was just like, man, this is fucking practice for us. Kyle, it's a, Oh, go ahead, Blake. I mean, they're a veteran team, and I know Brian Schmetzer and Seattle hasn't reached an agreement yet, but if you're not ready to pay this man, like he, somebody else is going to pay him. You know, veteran coach, veteran team, they're not going to lose this game, especially with LAFC being as uh, weak as they are with their lineup. Yeah. And Kyle, to finish up our picks here, is this the Seattle team that's going to make the run? Like, I'm not going to ask everyone this. I want to ask specifically you this, Kyle. You look at the Western Conference. You see how the rest of the Eastern Conference has been breaking down. The number one and the number two seeds are down. And the number one seed in the Western Conference in Kansas City does not look like a number one seed. Is this Seattle team the team to beat? Absolutely. The way this is turning out, absolutely. I think we're going to see another run to the final from Seattle. Unless, I mean, that's pending because, you know, this next round might go the way of the first round and we might get upset and shocked again. But um, I do just want to add a quick thing. I do think that this game wouldn't have been so lopsided, might even have gone different if the four South American players that were missing played. And maybe if the defense looked like they did two weeks ago and not like they did three months ago. LAFC forever an entertaining game to watch, but unfortunately, I like I agree with you. I think Seattle is, in my opinion, if we had to redo the draft right now. Oh, Seattle's the team to beat, guys. We are now at the part of our podcast where we are going to discuss the upcoming round of games. Just because we're a little bit on the time sensitive side at the moment. You're given your answer and one sentence on why you are choosing that team. Alex's picks will be available on social media, so don't you worry. You'll still be able to see his beautiful face, but just not hear his beautiful voice. That's just for me, okay? That's just for me. I pay extra on the Patreon, so Alex calls me late at night. Guys, (laughs) we have Orlando City, a depleted Orlando City to be fact. No goalie, no defender, and other injuries to boot. Orlando City will be hosting a absolutely red-hot New England revolution. And I'm going to start this one off real quick, and that's because of the explanation I've already said. Orlando don't have their starting goalie. Orlando have other depth issues due to a second second red card that happened in that game, also on top of injuries. And New England look fuego. New England has that beautiful front lineup, probably one of the best front four in the league at the moment New England takes it. Dre. I, I'm going, I'm going. I misunderestimated, misunderestimated? I underestimated Orlando once this year. I'm not doing it again. Uh, that's why I picked Orlando. 
I know New England's hot. I get all that. But you know what? Some Something for me says that Orlando is going to put it together this time around. Blake, who are you taking in this Eastern Conference showdown? Oh, man. Like I said earlier, I picked Orlando to make the final and win the final. But without Galese and Ruan with the two red cards, I think the Revs carry this momentum and confidence after their two wins already. I think the Revs take this one. And Kyle, to wrap it up, New England or Orlando, good sir? Clock finally strikes 12 on uh, Orlando. No more no more glass slippers and Brian Schlegel saving goals. Wait, are, are, are you telling me the Mickey Mouse run is officially over? Yes. The Mickey Mouse Cup uh-huh. will not get you the MLS Cup. Uh-huh. I doubt that, ha uh-huh. I'm watching the whole bill for this shit show, (laughs) huh? And guys, on our next matchup in the playoffs, we have Columbus taking on Nashville. I'm pretty sure we don't have to ask Blake his opinion because I'm pretty sure he's going with the crew. If I'm not mistaken, are you? Am I? Am I correct here, Blake? Yes, you are correct. The crew beat Nashville earlier this year. I believe it was in September. They beat them two zero. But like I just said about New England. Nashville has won two games. They've got the momentum. I think the most interesting thing about this match that I want to see is the midfield battle between Nagby, Artur, and Zellerayan versus McCarty, Godoy if he's healthy, and Mukhtar. Uh, I think that's going to be interesting. And one thing I want to say is Extra Time today tweeted out that Nashville is massive. I don't know if you guys saw that, but that is one of the crew's little catchphrases. The The Columbus crew are massive. And they also stole our colors, so I think the crew's got something <laughs> to prove out here. I, 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 love, I love the little battles that brew in between these games. Kyle, you have backed the crew since day one. Is anything going to change here? I don't think so. I mean, as much as it pains me to go against uh, Alex and Wheel of Fortune, nah, I, don't, I don't think anything's going to change. Andre. Are are you going with some Nashville rock and roll, or are you going with uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I'm drinking the Kool Aid, and I think Nashville takes this one, man. They they have just a, they've won my ad- admiration over the last couple of games, and I can't go against them. You know, it's the Alex Miel and Dax McCarty, but then also seeing Mukhtar last game and how how, he, you know, awesome he plays, even though all the goals are offside. I think Nashville has what it takes to, to win this game. And they've done something that the crew haven't done, beat Toronto this year. So we'll see. And, I mean, for me, I, uh, Dre, I hate to fucking agree with you. I hate agreeing with Dre. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm spinning the wheel of fortune, and I'm, 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 go- I'm letting the good times roll. I'm nashville in this one i really i i I just columbus is hot but nashville's hotter and i just i don't know i don't know my gut saying nashville and i'm gonna just have to go with nashville but that's gonna lead us on to our next game we have sporting kansas city hosting minnesota united i'm gonna start this one off real quick since i finished the last one Sporting Kansas City takes this, and I think they learn from their mistakes from the San Jose game, and Johnny Russell does good things. There you go. Dre, 
are we going with KC or are we going with Minnesota? Now that they're over the hump of Wondolowski, I think KC takes this pretty comfortably. And Blake, are we are you are you siding with Dre and myself, or, or do you really think Minnesota's got a chance here? I think Minnesota's got a chance. They're coming off of their first ever MLS Cup playoff win. You know, I'm rocking with my boys Kevin Molino and Emmanuel Reynoso. I got Minnesota winning this game. And Kyle. Gordon Kansas are we, City are, definitely has this game. Oh, oh well. Oh, well, fuck, fuck me for even getting the names out. Kyle's ready for bed, boys and girls, and he's done with my shit. Speaking of shit, we're talking about the not shit of the Western Conference, and we are talking about the Seattle Sounders hosting FC Dallas. Kyle, you finished it up last time, so I'm spinning the Wheel of Fortune back in your direction. Are, are Seattle or FC Dallas? FC Dallas doesn't have a prayer. Seattle Seattle's going to take this. Dallas just has to hope that it's not too ugly. Blake, I'm going to hand this one off to you now. Are, are, are you with Kyle, or do you really think FC Dallas might pull off the upset here? Schmetzer, Rui Diaz, Ladero, Jordan Morris. I'm going Seattle. Too much. Andre, are, are, are you going with the group here, or are, are you going to be a lone star pick on uh, for FC I Dallas? See, see what I did there? See what I, I, I did I, there? I see what you did there. Listen, you could call him Seattle. You could call him, you know, FC Lo, uh, Rui Diaz, FC Morris, FC Lodiero. I, I think Seattle takes this one. And I'd be hard-pressed not to agree with the lot of you. I, I really can't imagine FC Dallas having a prayer in this game. And you worry that Seattle might make this like a 4-1, 5-1, possibly a 6-1 game. Seattle has no chill. It's all just offensive vibes. Blake, I can't thank you enough for coming on our show today. We had an absolutely incredible time. I don't even have to ask Dre and Kyle. They had a blast. I had a blast. But where can the rest of our followers find you? Yeah, boys. First of all, thank you for having me on and having MLS gone wild on. Unfortunately, my other half, my co-host, Mike Delaney, could not be here. He's in your neck of the woods celebrating Thanksgiving with his family. But you guys can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you guys enjoy your podcasts. Type our name and you'll find us there on social media, Twitter, Instagram. When we have a Facebook, we don't really interact on there. But MLS Gone Wild, search us, you'll find us. And yeah. Check us out, rate, review, subscribe, interact with us on Twitter. We do a lot of polls and things like that, so check us out. And if you are a fan of ours, you will be a fan of theirs. So please reach out, extend the olive branch that you've given to us and give it to them because they are some awesome dudes gone completely wild. Guys, that brings us to the favorite part, at least my favorite part of the episode, and that is what is pissing you off this week. And Alex, I'm going to start this one off with you. You've been quiet doing everything you do behind the scenes to make me look so pretty. Alex, we, we, what? We know, we know you start with me because I usually don't talk about soccer when it comes to what's pissing me off. Uh, but so, you know, I, To be the odd man out, you know what's pissing me off, Matt? Drink. Ironbound twelve fifteen and Balaka. <laughs> it what's is an, what's an Ironbound? It's it's uh, Kyle's name on our Discord channel. 
What's a place setting? What's up? <laughs> Shut the fuck. Anyway, what's pissing me off? Pretty simple. It is health insurance. Walked into the doctors this morning. They the car the amount of coverage changed since my last visit, and basically for a thirty minute checkup, I would be paying five hundred dollars out of pocket. So Walk that. I walked out. I said, "Say less, peace." And uh, yeah, no, I, it's it's robbery. I don't understand why I pay save seventy eight dollars a week to then also have to pay five hundred dollars just to go see a fucking doctor. He pulled out. Someone can s- explain that to me. <laughs> he pulled out. He pulled out the say less. Say less. say less. Say less. She was like, she was like, you're like, gonna, it's it's gonna be about five hundred dollars out of pocket. I was like, girl, say less. <laughs> and by say less, I mean less. fuck you. I'm getting the fuck <laughs> out of here. Dude, she didn't. Me. She looked at me. She was just like, <laughs> Kyle. Outside of the fact that we're re-recording this last part because Kyle we made are? an absolutely awesome catch before we all put ourselves to bed tonight. Kyle, what is pissing you off this week? Also, outside the fact that I'm not dead yet. Um, <laughs> the, the, there's three guys at work right now. Uh, one of them tumbled down a hill, if you've ever seen the scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark, where the boulder runs down the thing. Pretty sure wherever he fell down the hill, uh, Harrison Ford was at the bottom of it going, Jesus Christ, not again. <laughs> yeah, so now next week's going to suck even worse. Thank God I'm off till Monday. Fucking love Harrison Ford. Blake, you uh, you kind of leaked what you were going to say on social media, which you are very active on, something I wish we were a little bit more, but gosh darn it if I'm too busy fighting Mark Zuckerberg. What is pissing you off this week? Jamie Carragher bursting out laughing when Micah Richards praises the U.S. men's national team, saying that he wants to see America win the World Cup. Jamie Carragher put some respect on USMNT's name. We got a bunch of young players that are hungry and are proven and are playing in some of the top leagues around the world. And 2022 is going to be training, but 2026 on American soil, we're going to win the World Cup. Jamie Carragher, come correct, brother. I got a little hot take for you. I think the U.S. men's national team wins the World Cup before England does, and I would love to see the look on Jamie Carrigan's face when that happens don't worry dre germany's gonna win like four world cups in that time period but dre I, I'm, I'm gonna hand this now off to you um fresh glass of whiskey in hand what is pissing you off this week absolutely um hey i just want to say that say less is easy to come in one of my favorite phrases of 2020 dre but dre that- dre 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 say less but that aside, those of you who have followed the show before, I've heard me bring up a little team by the name of Carpata Lviv, which is very little, my, very little, my very home, heard shit about it. To be honest, my, my hometown team from Ukraine. Super and small. long story short, they are pissing me the fuck off right now because they are floundering in the third goddamn tier of Ukrainian football, losing three zero, four zero, five one week after week, and they have the fucking gall to post on their Instagram today that in 2010, they played in a Europa League clash against PSG, filled the arena up with flares, and they put that on social media today. Meanwhile, we're fucking losing to a team with a bunch of teenagers in the third tier of Ukraine. Go fuck yourself. I'm just, I'm, I'm like, it's so one of those... Those damn Chernobyl like, teenagers, man. It's, it's not even like how the mighty have fallen. It's how like the uh, have fallen like further. It's, hey, it's, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. 
I member. Do you do you member? I member. Cabbage five. I don't remember anything. I I I me- I member. Thankfully, I have remember. really good whiskey here. And it really that, that yeah. helps with the remembering part. Um, Shout out to Four Roses. Pretty pretty. I was actually wondering what type of whiskey you were mixing, and you're usually good with the Four Roses. What's pissing me off this week is very simple, very easily. It's the holiday t- holiday time, boys and girls, where Mariah Carey is on your radio station and leaves are falling from the trees and the weather's getting nice and crisp and every single motherfucker is forgetting how to goddamn fucking drive. The weather gets a little chillier and people are now going 10 miles under the speed limit, swerving into different lanes with their lights off at 630 at night. And it's okay. Fuck it. Who cares? Right. You know, because you're the only motherfucker on the road. It's okay. It's not your fault. Some people weren't taught common sense and it's okay. It's not your fault. That's what's pissing me off this week. And I'm going to piggyback on top of Blake, Jamie Kerrigan's a fucking idiot. But boys and girls, we are at the part of our podcast where we're going to let you know where you can find us. And Dre, where can they find us? So the good people of the internet can find us on Spotify, on Apple, on Google Podcasts, on TuneIn, all the places where you get your podcasts. We are all over all of them. And on top of that, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Definitely check us out on YouTube this weekend. We have some really cool content dropping, a collaboration that we did with the Benchwarmers FC podcast. So check that out this weekend. And then definitely join the conversation on our Discord. And guys, friendly reminder, we are also on Patreon. If you are a friend of our podcast and you want to support us and watch us grow and watch us become something a little bit more than what we already are, while being able to see everything behind the scenes and get some free exclusive merch, discounts on things in the future, and early access to everything we do, make sure to sign up for our Patreon. It's only a few dollars a month, and it goes such a long way, and it means the absolute world to us. We put in endless effort, and it it truly does mean a lot. And for those who have signed up for our Patreon, thank you so much. You have no idea what it means to us. But guys, it has been an absolutely wonderful time here with Blake from MLS Gone Wild. Thank you again, Blake. But guys, episode 44 is in the books. My name is Matt, as always with Dre, Kyle, and Alex. Guys, have a great rest of your evening. 